This is Texas Soccer Radio. My name is Kyle Mankey. His name is Larry Leathers. Together, we are going to cover all of the soccer news from around the state, around the country, and pretty much whatever we feel like talking about, to be honest with you. So tonight, we're going to cover a lot of San Antonio FC, a lot of things going on there this week, uh, as well as some things with the U.S. Men's National Team, some expansion stuff for USL, NASL, MLS, all that good stuff. Uh, but first, Larry, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Still on my weekend again, so I'm in, I'm in good shape over here. <laughs> there you go. That's the way, man. That is the way. I actually have to record another podcast after this now, which I'm not complaining about by any means, but um, busy, busy days over here now. Um, for anyone listening, if you don't follow me on my personal Twitter account, um, the Express News has a couple podcasts that I'm hosting, so if you feel like... Uh, hearing me talk about things that don't have to do with soccer uh you can check those out of course this podcast has nothing to do with the express news so i'm going to move on um but it does have to do with soccer right we're still a soccer podcast we're still a soccer podcast at least for one more week i'm not sure i feel like we uh got into the uh garbage business with all of these garbage takes that have been filling up my twitter feed over the last few days so just had to make sure had to make sure there lots Um, of hot takes so many everybody's got an opinion that's one of the cool things about soccer is that you have a much more intelligent fan base generally than other sports um you know if you pay attention to soccer you probably pay attention a whole lot there's not a lot of casual fans of the sport so we're seeing that on display this week which is fun um it's kind of fun to not agree with everyone all the time um not that i'm trying to be skip bayless over here but (laughs) before we get to san antonio fc let's talk about the u.s men's national team for a minute um Actually, before we talk about the team, let's talk about the Federation, where we are in the midst of the presidential run, the presidential election, I guess, uh, where we have eight eligible candidates for that president spot uh, who have the necessary nominations. Uh, Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Larry, but have they announced who those eight are? Because last time I checked, they were waiting on background checks for a couple of them. They are still waiting on background checks, last I heard and last thing I saw today. Um, But they did say that they would be uh, announcing who those spots are shortly. So hopefully in the next week or two, we will hear confirmation on who those eight candidates are that have the necessary nominations. And we'll be able to get ready for that February vote to see who our next USSF president's going to be. Hope Solo's not going to pass that background check, right? Like, I'm not going crazy. Uh, She might. I don't know. (laughs) Depends if they check Twitter or not. If they look at Twitter, then no, she's not passing it. Fair enough. Um, so one of the things that we've been mentioning for the last few weeks, sorry, I'm messing with some adjustment stuff if you're watching on Periscope, um, which speaking of Periscope real quick, I should hype that up. We do have a brand new Periscope stream up every Thursday night, 10 p.m. You can get in here live, get your comments, questions, uh, tell us how stupid you think I am and how great Larry's thoughts are as Twitter has been this week. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Harry's campaigning for me, I swear. <laughs> Every time, it's Harry and Aaron and all them, I'm all pretty, the good people of Twitter. Pretty sure you're running for U.S. Pres- for U.S. soccer president, right? I, I would have at least two or three votes right now. <laughs> does that does uh, that work? I mean, does that count as nominations if I get Harry and them to, to write letters for me? Pretty sure that's how it works. Um, so we, we've been talking for a while that we we're going to talk about these candidates and we'll wait until we find out who the actual eight are for sure before we dive too deep in, I think. But uh, one interesting question that came up from Maximiliano on Twitter was, who do we think the best candidate for U.S. Soccer Federation president is and why? Um, so I don't know if you've had a chance to dive into any of the candidates or not. I've got three that i'm curious about i don't i don't have one that i'm really backing yet though um do you I, have one that you're dead set on i don't have one that i'm dead set on but funny enough i also have three that i think are the prime candidates here <laughs> we probably should have talked about this before so yeah, we ended up with the same three poor planning um so my three are i, I think kathy carter's got to be one of the obvious ones with soccer united marketing um eric winalda and then carlos cordier Cordero. I'm going to butcher that last name. I think those are probably the three leading candidates um, out of the ones that we know about. There's a couple other ones in there, but I think those three are probably, it's probably coming down to the, one of those people. Yeah, we we have two of the three the same on candidates that we're interested in. Um, Kathy Carter, I know is controversial because she comes from some. And so the people who want those big sweeping changes in U.S. soccer don't necessarily want to see a quote-unquote insider. Um, but listening to her on Grant Wall's podcast, she seems very knowledgeable, and she did play the sport. She was a goalkeeper uh, even in college. So I don't know that I'm inherently against her. <laughs> I want to learn more. Um, Eric Winalda is interesting because he kind of has a reputation that he kind of wants to throw the whole system in the bin and start from scratch, um, which is interesting. It's intriguing. It'd give us something to talk about and something to write about for sure. Yeah. Um, my third that I was interested in is Kyle Martino. Um, he, I feel like, kind of balances between those two because he's not necessarily an insider, but he does seem to get along with everyone there. Um, he's also a former player and... Um, I've, from what I've seen and what I've gathered, he kind of wants to make the current system better as opposed to starting from scratch, which personally, I think that's the way to go at this point. But, um, yeah, those, those are my three that I'm, well, if you, if you had to pick, if you had to pick one of the three, which one would you nail it down to? It's hard for me to right now. And I know I'm not saying you got it. You can't change later on (laughs) because I mean, we're probably, we might flip up around, but, uh, which one would you pick right now? Um, yeah, presidential hair too, Roger says in Periscope there with Kyle Martino. Um, I, I think I would go with Kyle Martino from what I've seen, um, mainly because we share the f- same first name and the same first two letters <laughs> of our last name. So I don't know what other qualifications you need. Um, no, he seems like kind of a middle ground candidate, a, a level-headed candidate. Um, but I, I do want to see more about Kathy Carter I'm not sure that I like Eric Winalda's um, burn it down stance, if I'm being honest. But what about you? Who's your one if you had to pick one today? I'm not necessarily saying this is the person that I'd like to win because I haven't made a decision yet. But I think Winalda probably is going to take it. Really? Um, he's got a he's got a very big people pleaser standpoint and 
He wants to make everybody happy. And he's going to have to take some hard stances at some point about all the different topics at hand. But right now, he seems to be willing to say just about anything to get the job done. <laughs> and that, that might work. It might work. I'm, I'm definitely going to make promises in... to everybody, and we'll see how that works out. I think two of the most interesting figures in all of this have been Alexi Lalas and Landon Donovan, um, because they've stayed out of it. They're not running, but they right. have been pretty vocal on Twitter about you know wanting to get to the issues and learn more about the candidates. But um, I, I'm curious, uh, Periscope, who do you want? I know Harry uh, just got in here and said Winalda. Um, if, if anybody has any opinions, I'd love to hear those on Periscope or on Twitter at TX soccer radio. You can tweet us anytime. Uh, our Twitter is still open 24 hours a day as of the recording of this podcast. So there you go. Now, before we move on, there's one more interesting part to this. And this was something that came out today is that apparently USSF is possibly considering adding a general manager position. Right. Um, which could change the responsibilities of said president and potentially change which candidate is the best fit for the job. Uh, the little that I've heard about this general manager position is that at least the U.S. men's national team would be reporting directly to them. Um, whether the U.S. women's national team would and everything else, that's something that remains to be seen or if this position even becomes a thing. But it could definitely change the outlook of who takes the president's spot if they confirm all the details on this general manager position before then. I think the timing of that is really questionable, really interesting. It definitely seems like a last-minute um, power play to try and keep the existing structure intact just in case someone like Eric Winalda or someone who really wants to make drastic changes gets in there. I mean, that's a definite possibility, but on the flip side... What happens if the general manager isn't in line, you know? So it could still it's could still not work out for them if that's truly the case. Jurgen Klinsmann still doesn't have a job, right? He's available for that GM spot. He's probably sitting on a beach somewhere. So <laughs> yeah. Serena. Yeah, somebody somebody's available. Oh, I mean yeah. that that really interests me on who they would get to fill that. Like now you're trying to fill a GM role and a head coach role for the men's national team like that just seems like doubling your work and doubling the people that could potentially fail the system well they're gonna have to work fast i mean the presidential votes in late february so we're only we're two months away now and we don't even know who the final eight candidates are <laughs> it's coming up quick they're gonna have to work fast here yeah um, I wanted to, if, if you don't have anything else to say about the president, I wanted to get to the guy who really runs the U S national team on the men's side. Uh, Mr. Christian Pulisic, uh, being voted, uh, U S men's national team player of the year or, or being announced as U S men's national team player of the year. Was as there, he should be, I was going to say, was there anyone else even in consideration for you? No. Give it to Pulisic. I mean, he's going to be running this team for the foreseeable future. So he deserves it. He had a hell of a run there. I know, obviously, we didn't advance. But out of everybody, he's the future. He deserves it. Give it to him. How do you feel about watching Josie out the door and Michael Bradley celebrate their MLS Cup championship with Toronto? How do I feel? I mean, like, good for them. But at least they won something. I'm right there with you, man. Like... <laughs> I saw I mean, so they had much a, Twitter hate. They had a hell of a run up there. So, I mean, they got to celebrate that. They won whatever, the Canadian Championship. They, they did a lot of good stuff up there for Toronto this year. You can't 
fault them for celebrating the f- accomplishments they've had. I know that obviously they we didn't advance to the World Cup, but it's it's a big deal, you know, yeah. winning a winning an MLS Cup, winning the Canadian Championship, Supporter Shield, all that stuff. Yeah, that's all important stuff. They need to be doing that. Celebrate it. Have a good time. <laughs> I just saw so much Twitter hate about, like, he shouldn't be so happy when he's not even going to the World Cup. Come on, man. Like, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to dwell on that forever? I don't know. Um, I mean, they... Rogers says, was it vindication um, for not qualifying for the World Cup, for falling on their face in Trinidad and Tobago? I mean, it's a... I don't know. It's, It's a different team. Like... You can't, I know that there's some player crossover, but you can't pile it on. It's a different team. It's a different league. It's a different level of competition. It didn't work out. It is what it is. Move on. We got to get ready now for the future. <laughs> we got to get a new president in place. We got to get the new team together, get a new head coach, and be ready in four years. Right there with you, man. Um, can we just bubble wrap Pulisic until we have uh, competitive matches again? Is that possible? <laughs> we can try. They've got bubble wrap over in Germany, right? Oh, man, I just I want him to stay healthy, stay like in his prime and ready to go for the next cycle. Um, let's get away from the national side, bring it back into Texas with good old SAFC, our uh, bread and butter on this podcast, as Larry is based in San Antonio and I'm pretty darn close to San Antonio. Um, we... Are you sure? <laughs> this isn't from your apartment in Austin? Allegedly, allegedly <laughs> not in Austin. Um yeah, speaking of, lots of Austin developments that will, well, not lots we'll of there. developments, not, but not, we'll yeah, get Not there. a lot, but. Um, no, I, I do enjoy chatting with those guys in Austin, which I know, you know, bring it on Twitter. It's all right. Um, back with SAFC, um, there were four players that were already announced. We added two more to that list this week, so. If you missed out on the other ones, it was Diego Restrepo and Matt Cardoni, as well as Cesar Elizondo and Ever Guzman. Um, so do you want to take us through the new signings from this week, Larry? Uh, new signings. We got Greg Cochran, and we re-signed Cyprian Hedrick. So we're addressing, getting back to addressing the defense a little bit here. <laughs> um, but you really can't ask for more. We got two great players. Two great players. I'm super excited about this. How can you not love having Greg Cochran back? I mean, he is the Iron Man of our team, minutes leader, um, and he's going to be holding on to that title for at least another season, hopefully, if he's on the field for every game. And then Cyprian Hedrick, I mean, he really turned it on, especially towards the the end of the season and going into the playoffs, uh, seemed to be finding his groove back there. So I'm happy to have him both back. What do you? What about you? I'm right there with you. Um, Cochran, if anyone was listening to the podcast over the last couple of weeks, Cochran was one of the guys on my list where I wasn't sure if he was going to be back or not, um, partially because of his networking and partially because of his talent level. He is one of the more skilled defensive backs in um, all of USL, I would say, all of second division soccer. So it's really exciting to have him back. He has you know, literally played the most of any SAFC player. He, you know, if there's a culture to be had of San Antonio FC, Greg Cochran could share that with you, I'm sure. So um, I'm excited to see him back. He is a fun player to watch. And uh, yeah, he he seems to fit that system really well. Cyprian Hedrick was someone who was really interesting in 2017 because we expected him to be starting 
Um, and then after the injury, it got a little more complicated because Stephen McCarthy and Sebastian Biago were both playing so well. So it'll be interesting to see where he fits in. Um, if McCarthy and Ibiaga are back, uh, it would be really cool to see if Hedrick could take another shot at that right back slot just to get him on the field more often. Uh, I know that didn't really work out last season very well, but with a few months to prepare for that, is that something that you could potentially see if needed? I, I would hope so. I mean, give the guy, I mean, he had the end tail end of the season there um, and then all this off season to, to get ready to play that position. But obviously a lot of it hinges on who else ends up coming back, um, which we should get more clarity about over the next few weeks. I would assume if we, so far they begin of us giving us two player signings a week. I'm guessing they'll stick with that at least for the next few weeks until we get a little bit closer to the season. And then we might see more trickle on on a week to week basis, but more clarity is to come. But yeah, I think you can definitely get it done if, and make that adjustment if necessary. Yeah, we're both on the same page that we think they have guys signed that they just haven't announced yet, right? Like, yeah. That's, all right. Well, like I said, I said last week, I wouldn't be surprised if they've got a dozen players signed. Yeah. I still feel that way. So we've kind of rehashed a little bit on who we think is coming back and everything else. And I keep teasing this article that I mean to put up on the site, um, kind of putting that into writing of where we think everyone is going. But just based on social media posts and hearing things from around town, um, it sure seems like Omar Gordon could be coming back. Uh, Maxi Rodriguez, we saw something on one of his social media accounts where he was training at uh, what looked like Star Soccer Complex. Yep. Um, you know, it, it could be a little bit of getting the band back together next year. So let's talk in particular about that Omar Gordon post because it was pretty blatant. It, what did it say exactly? Do you remember? Oh, geez. It, it was, was can't it was like wait to be forward. back. Yeah. Looking yeah. forward to another season. 100% fire. <laughs> yeah. Excited to be back. Yeah. I, I mean, it was pretty telling. I, at least I feel like I hope it is because I'd love to see Gordon back on the field. I think he could be a big part of what we're doing up on the attack, especially with Guzman and Elizondo up there. Um, depending on what hat. Well, we got a little bit of clarity today with some of that situation and we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, I yeah. think Gordon could be a big part of what this offense is. Hopefully we hear something soon. I know it's a little bit complicated because he is, he was on loan, I don't know what his home club back in Jamaica is planning on doing, and that'll probably be a big decision maker of, the, of whether he comes back or not. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully they can get it ironed out. I want him back. Yeah, same here. I, I don't think I was um, very shy about the fact that he was one of my favorite players to watch last year. He was just fun to watch. Um, Roger jumps in here with OKC with no coaches or signed players. So San Antonio's winning against their rival in that aspect, it sounds like. <laughs> um, but will Omar, OKC have a team this year? <laughs> oh man, you know, any other league, it would kind of be a joke, but with second division soccer, I guess you never really know, do you? I mean, they can get it done, right? We we yeah. didn't even have a formal team announcement till January, and we played that season. So right. <laughs> if they really want to put it together, they can do it. Right. Um, so getting back to Gordon, if he ends up coming back, um, you know, I, I will be a huge fan of that. He is one of my favorite players to watch. He was just entertaining as all get out. So I don't know um, if he fits into the scheme. I don't know if he... 
um, you know, is someone that wants to be here for the long term or anything like that. But I know that he was fun to watch and he made games entertaining at times when they maybe weren't as entertaining as they could have been. So uh, hopefully we see more of Gordon in 2018. Um, If Instagram is to believed, it sure seems like it. Uh, I kind of read a little, a little too much into that post because he posted a picture with it that had, I believe it was Marco Jong, um, Billy Forbes, Forbes and yeah. maybe Maxi or, or someone else. In I think, it. yeah, I think it was Maxi and then himself. Right. And so I was thinking, Oh, cool. All four of those guys are coming back. And, uh, sure enough, Thursday morning, we find out, uh, Billy Forbes is joining Devin Vega in phoenix for 2018 so yes where do we start with this this is kind of a loaded topic well i mean you already made a splash today so why don't you rehash (laughs) exactly what you said and then i'll fill in what i think about it um so i'll start with vega because that one was not a surprise we knew that he was we had a good idea that he was not going to be with the club in 2018 um the what you're referring to, I think, would probably be more of Billy Forbes. Yeah, it's more um, Billy, but we can get to Vega first. Yeah, I let's do let's talk about Vega first because I think that's going to be <laughs> Harry grabs popcorn in Periscope chat here. Um, Devin Vega is a really talented player, um, and, and for whatever reason, it didn't work out in San Antonio. So for him to get another shot at the USL level at a club with um, veteran players and experienced players and two other former San Antonio players uh, in Jason Johnson and Billy Forbes. Mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting and it could be really great for his development and we could see him take a step forward that we didn't see in 2017. Um, But given the short amount of time that he actually got on the field with SAFC, I don't know how anyone can miss him as a player a tremendous amount. Obviously his story and his personality of being from San Antonio and being a hometown kid, that is an amazing story and it would have been awesome if it worked out. But just looking at on the field production, he didn't do much for San Antonio. Um, you know, he, he just didn't have that many minutes racked up. Yeah. And you, you know, I think the talent was undeniable. The talent was there when you had him on the field, you could see flashes of it. Um, but I can't, I can't deny that, you know, Powell probably benched him for a reason. So something, something maybe not necessarily on the field, something off the field. I don't know. Something behind the scenes, um, was probably contributing to him not having minutes because if everything was kosher and everything was good and he was playing well, there's no reason to keep him on the bench or to keep him out of the 18 altogether. Cause there was so many weeks where he never even made the 18 and wasn't even sitting on the bench. There were weeks so yeah. we, we went with 17 on the roster yeah. and he was the only healthy player not selected. That is kind of a red flag. Yeah, that's it says a lot. So I'm assuming that there was some sort of problem behind the scenes. I don't know for sure. Um, just, just what I'm assuming here. And obviously it wasn't working out with the team. So best of luck to him. I hope it works out for him in Phoenix. He's got the talent. If he can put everything else together, um, hopefully he can get it done and, and turn into a superstar. Yeah, we saw JJ go out to Phoenix and have a great season in 2017. So all the best to Devin and, you know, hopefully it works out for him. Um, Billy Forbes, we we just had a question pop up in Periscope about who replaces his production and everything else. So let's talk about Billy. Um, 
<laughs> let's talk about hot Blade. takes. Oh, hot takes for people. Uh, let's take Have a break. Have at it, Kyle. Um, Have at it, Kyle. <laughs> Should I hit the intermission screen? Is yeah, that what I should do right something now? Something like that. So uh, Billy Forbes um, had the best start to the 2017 season of any player in USL. I voted for him for player of the month for March and April for that first month. The last week of March and the, the month of April were grouped together. I voted for him and I would do it again. He had an amazing start to the season. After that, um, I think he glided by in the fans' eyes with a lot of nostalgia and a lot of, um, you know, it, it's Billy and he was here with the Scorpions and he's practically a, a San Antonio native at this point. Um, and we saw AJ Ajiqua, we saw Sean Chin, uh, Ali Hassan, we saw all these players who were on the attacking side of the field who were not scoring and weren't necessarily defending that well, and they let they were let go. They ended up at different clubs. Um, with Billy, that didn't happen, but he did get benched at one point in the middle of the season. I feel like people are forgetting about that. Um, so I, I get missing him as a person, uh, especially for the fans who have been around since the Scorpions days. Totally get that and, and have nothing to say negatively about that. Um, but as a player from what we saw with San Antonio FC, I don't think we're losing that much, um, for, for what his pay probably would have been and the spot that he probably would have taken up. Well, you know, and Harry's not going to like this. Here comes the heel (laughs) turn, Harry. I a hundred percent agree with you. Oh, from the top row. (laughs) (laughs) I know undeniably Billy's a great dude and he's done a lot for soccer in San Antonio from his time in the Scorpions and the time here with SAFC. And once again, I agree undeniably he was the best player in the USL for that first month. And then after that he disappeared and that was it. And you got little flashes here and there from every now and then you got a little flash, but overall he was he he wasn't he wasn't getting it done. He was uh you know not coming back and running back and defending. He was missing opportunities a lot of the time. Um it didn't seem like he was giving it his all a good portion of the season. Um he was getting lazy and just sitting down waiting for the ball to come to him rather rather than proactively playing. He was it was more reactive than proactive play on his part. Yeah. And I don't think we're gonna have too much trouble replacing what he was doing on the field, especially if we're able to bring back Gordon, we're able to possibly hopefully bring back tier pack. Um, I think that's a hell of a front four. If we've got those two guys with Guzman and Elizondo up there. And I would actually prefer that four grouping rather than have tier pack sit on the bench, like he did at the end of the season and have Gordon and Forbes on the field. I'd rather have I'd rather have Billy riding the bench in that grouping. That's not to say that he doesn't have talent. That's not to say that he didn't do good things for us. He's a great player. I wish him the best out there in in uh, in Phoenix. It's going to be hell when we play him twice this coming season, Um, especially with Vega out there, too. And JJ, it's going to be a hell of a rivalry game. Is there a Western Um, Conference and a Central (laughs) Conference yet? Can we go ahead and split that up? (laughs) 
But the other thing I do want to throw out there, and I was going to get to this, and it just got brought up in the Periscope, is would people be this upset if Billy was going to MOS? Because we talked about it. He visited MOS teams. That was on the table. Would people be freaking out this much about it if he was was going anywhere else but another team in the USL and it be Phoenix of all the teams? Yeah, we, I don't think it would be the same thing. Yeah, we saw him at the LA Galaxy facility. We saw him at the FC Dallas facility. We saw him in FC Dallas training clothes. Yeah. Um, and that was fine. You know, at the USL level, you have to expect your best players to potentially get called up to MLS. Um, but what I didn't expect was for him, if he didn't get that MLS nod or if he didn't choose to go to MLS, to go with another USL team, especially in the same conference. Um, I think that's super interesting. I, I'm wondering how much of an effect Didier Drogba had with that because he's such a legendary player um, that I'm sure players are attracted to that. Devin Vega, Billy Forbes, both. Jason Johnson, if he knew about that uh, before he went, I guess he would have been there before that all went down. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm sure Drogba being able to play for a team that Drogba and Diplo and Pete Wentz and all these guys own is really attractive. And then also to be able to play in what could be Drogba's last season. Um, you know, if he's coming back for 2018, I'm not 100% sure, but he doesn't have too many more left in the tank, if any. So uh, I get it. Um, I'm surprised that the fan reaction isn't more negative than it is, though. <laughs> it's funny that you bring up Didier Drogba, because if I remember right, and I'm trying to find it right now, if I remember right, when he was when we went to Phoenix to play that game, there was pictures of Forbes with Drogba and Forbes saying Drogba was his favorite player. Yeah, I think so. Like yeah, ever. Michael. Brings so, it I mean, that's that's a hell of a hell of a selling point, you know, <laughs> for Drogba to be like, I want you here in our city. Yeah. Come play with me. Yeah. What, what what are you gonna do with that? <laughs> I mean, I I don't have any negative feelings towards him. I I don't blame him at all. I'm not criticizing no, him. No. Um, I think he's a good player that just didn't perform as well throughout the season as he did at the beginning of the season. Um, but yeah, I I just think the whole thing's very interesting for sure. No, it's definitely interesting. And yeah, there's no bad feelings about him leaving. I wasn't expecting him to be here anyways. I honestly thought he was going to be signing somewhere, maybe not as a starter, but somewhere in a reserve role with an MLS team. I thought for sure he was going to get scooped up, even with how the latter half of the season went. Harry asks, who could SAFC bring in to be our Drogba? Um, I do want to talk about that. But before we do that, I want to bring up two more quick points about Forbes and San Antonio FC. And maybe some writing on the wall that we probably should have seen this coming. Um, First off, he didn't defend with San Antonio very often. Uh, It was a problem throughout the season. It was something that I leaned over and mentioned to Jonathan and Steven Anderson up in the press box almost every game. Uh, Billy just didn't defend like the rest of like most of the rest of the team did. And on that club, Darren Powell said everyone from the striker to the goalkeeper is a defender. So Mm -hmm. that's that's not a good fit in itself. And then seeing Greg Cochran announced earlier this week should have been a red flag because Cochran and Forbes never really worked the left side as well as Cochran and some of the other left wingers that we've seen. 
Um, he, if you're going to bring back Cochran, you want to have a player in that left forward position that is going to compliment him and not, um, you know, you want him to be on the same page and that wasn't happening with Forbes. So, well, I mean, if I get my way, it'll be him and Gordon. So hopefully yeah, they can find something and start clicking, have, uh, have Gordon up there in the front on that side and tear pack on the opposite. So We'll see what happens. Hopefully more announcements in the weeks to come. So uh, talking about bringing in a Drogba to SAFC, that's really difficult. That's really a unique situation. Um, Have a good night, Sam, on Periscope. Thanks for stopping in. Uh, listening to our, our totally unbiased Phoenix talk here. <laughs> hey, Sam Sam did a hell of a job poaching players this offseason. <laughs> That's off to him. Um, so uh, Drogba is really a once-in-a-lifetime situation because he not only is a legendary player um, that is still actively playing, but he's also going to be owning that team and mm-hmm. have a very vested interest in that team. And there's not a lot of players that fit that bill that are interested in fitting that bill. Um, I, I don't foresee that happening from a player standpoint. And I really don't see that happening from an ownership standpoint because I don't think SSNE is going to want to bring in new ownership for a USL level team. Uh, maybe to help flip the bill for an MLS team, but probably not for a USL team. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a special situation out there in Phoenix when you look at the ownership group with Diplo, with Pete Wentz and stuff like that. They, they've got a, a star-studded cast out there to try and drum up interest for soccer in the Phoenix area. So you can't blame them for going the route they did, but it just seems unlikely, not just for, S- for San Antonio FC, but for most teams out there. It just isn't something that seems would seem to fit in their ownership group i really think the only other city where i could see it happening is maybe vegas something crazy bringing some sort of celebrity presence there on a a player level but outside of that yeah it's just it's not something that's going to (laughs) happen we do have a miami update later but i was going to make a joke about david beckham taking his franchise to las vegas Um, i mean before drugba that was really the closest Example, Harry mentions Joe Cole in Tampa, which was someone I was going to bring up too. Um, but Cole isn't an owner, as far as I know. Um, and he's not, from what I've seen, it didn't look like he was going to be a regular player going forward either due to talent issues. I could be wrong on that, but um, that's such a unique situation. I. I don't know that you want to hinge your club identity on a guy who's past his prime anyway, long term. Um, Phoenix has a lot of other things going for it with Diplo and the ownership group and, you know, the brand that they're trying to make out there. Um, but, yeah. I, yeah. And and to, to, to finish off what you'd said there is my understanding is that Drogba is intending to play the 2018 season. Um, He originally signed a three-year contract, so it would go through the 2019 season, um, but that the 2018 season will be his last one. That's what they had made it talked about earlier um, in the offseason. So we get one more season of Drogba, and then I would assume he'll transition to that ownership, general manager type role, whatever the agreement is uh, for his position after he's done playing. So let's finish off the SAFC talk by getting as depressed as possible. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
Harry on Twitter asks, outside of the regular season, how do you think all of the setbacks for SAFC will affect next year? Expansion bid miss, missing out on World Cup site, Austin slash Columbus, losing fan favorites, Vega Forbes, not as active with fans this offseason. Not saying all are on SAFC, but it really has not been a great year off the pitch for SAFC, and the fan base is restless. Uh, you know, I I asked for some clarification with this, with especially in, in regards to the, the active with fans this offseason. And it sounded like Harry and Aaron both responded because it was it was Harry's question to begin with um, that there was a lot more offseason events uh, going on with SSNE last offseason with a Christmas party and I think a skate night at the Rampage game um, and things like that. You know, our offseason, and I can't help, particularly in that section, um, I can't help but think that our offseason ended later. So a lot of that stuff wasn't necessarily as planned. Um, that shortens the amount of time that they have to get all their player stuff done and their stuff behind the scenes. And I'm sure some of that stuff was affected by the other parts of this question, um, especially in regards to expansion bids and the Austin stuff. That's taken up a lot of resources on the SSNE and I would assume uh when it comes to planning things and stuff like that yeah I I don't view too much of it as a setback I don't view Forbes and Vega leaving as a setback um agreed from a organizational standpoint I think fans are gonna miss them but um I don't think SAFC is looking at that as a setback um, not sure what the deal is with being active or not being active because I'm not a season ticket member. Um, but you know, that could be disappointing if you were looking forward to that. Um, I, I guess the, the answer to all of this is that I think SAFC is going to keep doing what SAFC has been doing because it's been working for them. They've been, they had a great season in 2017, um, on the field, and they had pretty solid attendance for the regular season. It averaged like 7,000, I believe, 7,100. Yep. Um, yep. It doesn't get a whole lot better than that in USL. So uh, I don't know that there's a whole lot to be fixed here. Um, just kind of a lot of things that you're going to have to watch out for for future plans with MLS and San Antonio. I just, it, most of this stuff doesn't seem like setbacks in general. The expansion bid miss may not be a miss, especially if we were planning to go for the second two spots to begin with. So maybe we really haven't even made our push yet. Um, missing out on the World Cup site, that doesn't really affect SSE, um, mainly because that would be a city thing going through the Alamo Dome, not something that's going to be played out at Toyota Field. Um, Austin and Columbus, that's out of their hands. That's. There's not much they can do about that. And and yeah, that's that's everything there. It's not there's not really setbacks here. It's just things that haven't necessarily been going SSNE's way potentially in some regards. Yeah, it seems like a lot of stuff off the field and a lot of stuff down the line that that could be affected down the line and not necessarily uh, on the field product. So, yeah. Looking at the USL team, which is what they have right now, and looking at the USL stadium, looking at everything as is, um, everything is good. I mean, they are one of the more um, set USL teams in the country as far as meeting their goals and being able to be sustainable and do the things that they do. So, yeah, Absolutely. I, I don't know. 
Um, let's see. Dennis says losing Billy Hurts, he was the most popular player and would have had a great season next year. Could have been. Um, he was definitely the most popular player for folks who had been around since the Scorpions days. I'm not so sure that he was for the new fans, for the fans who joined up with SAFC. And I'm kind of curious to hear about that. If you're listening and you jumped on the train uh, in 2016 when SAFC came around, I'd be curious to see who your fan favorite was or or who you most associate with the club, because I think it might be Rafa, Um, maybe Greg, since he's had the most minutes or Cardoni because of his beard being so memorable, but Fear the beard, folks. Fear yeah, the beard. I, I'm not sure that it was Billy since he was only here one season. Yeah, Michael in, in chat mm-hmm. says I'm a Cochran, Cochran nut. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious to hear what people have to say about that on Twitter and on Periscope chat if you're here. Um, Larry, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. And, of course, chat as well. Uh, I heard I read something regarding Billy Forbes being the SAFC's greatest of all time, which obviously it's a short window there, a two season window. But if you had to pick one player that, you know, represented SAFC to you or or was the greatest of all time, do you have one that you could identify personally? Like, I'm not saying that has to be, you know, objectively correct by any means, but I mean, the list the list is short. We had so much turnover between the two seasons and it, that's the big thing is it's only been two seasons. Um, I'd have to go Rafa. I really would. I mean, he's been the face of the club. He was the very first player that was announced for the club. He has embodied what SAFC is from day one since this club's inception. Um, Oh God, the scorpion (laughs) mask. No. Why did you have to bring the scorpion mascot up again? Whoever got rid of Sting is the greatest of all time. Whoever got that costume and put it into the incinerator, called the exterminator, whatever you had to do to get rid of Sting, um, they are the greatest of all time for SAFC. (laughs) Um, As far as players go. If if any of the SAFC folks are listening and you know where that costume is, I would be interested in acquiring it for our podcast. For the but... longest time, the sign that he used to hold was in the press box, and we were all tempted to bust it out and see what would happen. Uh, anyway, from a player's uh, yeah, standpoint, no. I, I would go Rafa. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it has to be someone that was there both years. And Cardoni is close, but since he didn't play all of 2017 and Restrepo... Uh, had such a great season. I, I think you got to go with somebody like Reed or Rafa or Cochran, obviously, who has the most minutes. Um, I mean, Rafa broke his face for the team. That's a fact. That is broke a fact. Broke his face and came back wearing a face mask. Like, if that doesn't say dedication, I don't know what does. Ooh, maybe this needs to be the Twitter poll of the week. What's the worst mascot? Ooh. The Swope mascot, who I believed is named Harry um, yeah. or Sting. That <laughs> hat trick, Harry, isn't it? Is that I what it feel is? like that's right. I felt like that was too cliche, but you know, that's sounds about right for uh, Swope Park Rangers. Oh, god, anyway, getting away from SAFC because this isn't just oh, an god, SAFC, Truckee. Podcast. they brought up Truckee too. No, which no, one no, was no. Truckee? Truckee's that terrifying blue, like blue bug thing that is out in, oh God, I can't even remember what city oh, Truckee's from. Reno? Uh, Reno, Reno. Right? It's the Reno mascot. Oh, man. Come on, USL. Do better. Do better, USL. <laughs> uh, 
So going up to expansion talk, MLS expansion, the Board of Governors meeting was on Thursday. Um, wait, no, it's Friday, right? Man. No, it, it's I, Thursday. The, the meeting was today. <laughs> the meeting happened today. Uh, today being Thursday. Good Lord. Yes. This is how you can tell I didn't put together the notes for this week. So shout out to Larry, co-producer. <laughs> Um, co-executive producers. Is that a title when there's only two guys behind it? I don't know. Um, Well, I'll add it. Anyway, the, the board of governors meeting was today and, um, they released a statement that basically said they discussed the four expansion finalists, but that they weren't going to, um, actually announce anything for a short time. Don't expect it to be until next week. Um, but you know, I'm sure Sacramento and Nashville are going to be really pumped. Yeah, they should they should have their uh, <laughs> stuff ready to go tomorrow or whenever that announcement is, not tomorrow. Sometime in the next week or two, hopefully. And we should say there looks like there may be a little bit of late legal action out of Nashville from a group that mm. wants to preserve the area where that stadium would be. Um, but there's, Save the fairgrounds. Yeah. That's there's, the name of the group. There's so much time between um now and when the team would actually start playing uh even between now and when the teams would have to start construction um that i I can't imagine that derailing the entire process for them especially since cincinnati doesn't have a stadium either and detroit wants to play in the nfl stadium so i I still going with sacramento and nashville agreed those are the two so in Miami, everyone's favorite expansion city, um, because they will always be an expansion city, not a let team. Let it die. Just um, let it die already. You are wearing a Miami Dolphins jersey right now, sir. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. That's a different sport, different allegiance. I don't root for the Marlins. I mean, I'm a Dolphins. Yeah. like I only I, root for the Marlins because they're such a shit show. And I'm a big fan of the Dan Levitard show and listening to their talks of of the pain that they go through being fans of that team i, I love it um, well the, sh- the shit show may be coming from the marlins to the mls team now um because top investor for my for for the miami team uh todd bully he pulled out of the bid so their top investor is no longer a part of the bid and they brought on the miami-based moss brothers <laughs> and the moss brothers just got done on a failed bid to buy the marlins oh, so they it all comes full jeter. circle here Derek yeah. jeter and mls are, are finding a common ground here weirdly enough um, yeah, the Moss brothers look like they are going to be the local owners that Don Garber referenced for the Miami franchise that is definitely owned by David Beckham and totally not um, divided up out of his control at this point. Um, oh what a freaking joke this whole thing has been. I, a... I don't know. I still don't know if it's going to get done. Do you think it's going to get done? I mean, eventually, right? I. I don't know. What happens first? Florida sinks into the Atlantic Ocean or there's a stadium built? I I genuinely Push. don't. I, I can't choose. Push. <laughs> it's it's going to happen at the same time. I'm curious if eventually they give up and ended up building it in like West Palm Beach or something outside of the city and outside of the desired area just so that they can wipe their hands clean of it. Um, you know, I, I don't know. West Palm might be a a little far yeah. far north for that. Maybe in Fort Lauderdale. That's close. That's twenty minutes. I mean, West Palm. You're talking forty five <laughs> minutes to an hour drive north. 
the soccer hotbed of Fort Lauderdale where uh, they're really striking to get a new team. Oh, Jesus, uh, the puns. Uh, they could just take the Fort Lauderdale striker branding and pretend like nothing happened. That, pretend I'm, like they that, got promoted. That stadium is sitting unused. It's just like tall grass. It's yeah, a big field it's really now. Yeah, disappointing. And yeah, like, I don't know. That Use that site. Build a real stadium. Get it done. I don't One know. One of my favorite things to look at on the internet is old Olympics sites where they've been overgrown with vegetation and, you know, the water's all green and all that stuff. And that's it's, what the Fort Lauderdale soccer stadium looks like right now. It's those horrible. Olympic sites are so sad. So sad. So do you think Miami happens at all? I, I still think it's 50-50. I really don't know if it's going to get done or not. I think bringing in the Moss brothers makes it more likely because now you have local ownership. Um, they have an incentive to get it done in the city as opposed to moving it to another area like Austin or Vegas or San Antonio or, you know, right. wherever. Um, so I, I do think it'll get done, but man, what a mess this has all been. Yeah. Um, speaking That's- of Austin city council meeting today, um, you didn't end up watching all of it, right? You, I, I, you they, I, I heard the news, you know, maybe 45 minutes or an hour into it that it was officially off off the, the docket for the day. So they, they tabled the presentation on the MLS sites until their early to mid-February meeting. It's somewhere between the 1st and the 14th. They haven't set an actual hard date yet is my understanding. Um, but that Austin meeting to see the presentation on the potential sites will take place then. There was nothing discussed MLS-wise today. Yeah, so not a ton going on. There's a lot of different sites. Um, Chris Bills from the Austin American Statesman is going around doing a feature on each of the potential sites that it could Mm -hmm. be. Um, Obviously, PSV favors that Butler Shores area right on the waterfront with the downtown skyline and everything else. But it certainly sounds like it's going to end up being somewhere else probably still in the urban core, but not on that prime location. Is, is that the vibe that you're getting to? I, I don't know. It's there's, there's eight sites that they're listing as potentials. Um, only three of them are in the city core. I mean, they've got the sites. We talked about this last week with the other ownership group that was trying to build a soccer stadium out at the expo center. The expo center is listed as one of the, the potential MLS sites too. So I don't know how that would work out. Um, but the big thing with Butler Shores is that the city council member uh, who represents that district opposes the stadium being built at Butler Shores um, due to the problems that it will cause with traffic, lighting, and noise in the city and in that area. So that could could be a big hang-up point if you can't get the district member from that district on board with, with Butler Shores. Um, but that obviously seems to be the leading candidate at this point. But interesting that only three of the eight potential sites are in the city core like MLS would want. Um, They also talked about training facility sites. Um, There's five additional sites that are on top of those eight for uh, a training facility. Two of those five do overlap. They are same spots like the Expo Center would be able to support a training facility and an MLS stadium. Um, But yeah, this is turning into a bigger thing than I thought thought you know having an off-site training facility and everything too yeah that that could be a huge pain like i think we kind of take advantage looking at san antonio fc structure that 
um, star soccer complex is right next door. And if that gets wet, there's two other NEISD stadiums that they have access to um, within just a couple miles. So uh, having a training facility on the opposite side of town from your stadium, that seems, you know, less than optimal. Right. And some of those uh, training facilities are parkland as well. So more votes than just the parkland for the main MLS stadium, potentially. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to get complicated. Um, but one of the other big like things, that. one of the other big things that happened was Richard uh, Suttle, um, who's working for PSV and campaigning basically for Austin for them down there or up there, it clarified with MLS to the Austin City Council that the only chance that Austin has for MLS in the city of Austin is the Columbus crew. There is no other way, supposedly, per MLS, that they will be getting an MLS team. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get an MLS expansion franchise when you're not an expansion candidate. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. The only ownership group that we know of publicly that stepped up for the MLS side is PSV, uh, unofficially, right. of course. Um, not as an expansion candidate. So uh, it'll be interesting. I still think it's going to get done and I think it's going to get done at a convenient site. Um, even if it's not the Butler Shores location, but, um, you know, Austin, it'll be interesting to see if it comes down to a vote, I, I guess, but I do think it'll get done vote or not. Yeah. And you're, you're probably right. And while we're talking about this, it, there was some uh, word out of the USL camp with Bobby Epstein in regards to his team. And it sounds like right now they're running out of time to be ready for the 2019 season. Obviously they can't carry forward when with stadium construction and stuff like that and hiring people when MLS may be looming over them. Um, so it sounds like right now it's going to be on hold at least until 2020 or dead altogether now. So we'll see what happens with that. MLS is going to decide a lot of that for them. There we are. Well, I'm looking through the Twitter machine, um, trying to find any questions or comments that we didn't already cover. Um, a lot of people telling me that I'm wrong about Billy Forbes. Um, you know, <laughs> he scored six goals in a month. That's really good, but it's a long season. I I can't wait to check my Twitter after this and see that Harry and all of them have turned on me now too, since I agreed with you. <laughs> oh man. Um, so if we don't have anything else on Twitter or on Periscope, I I'm ready to put a pin in it. What about you? Anything else you want to talk about tonight? Um, I think the, the only other thing I'm going to take, make use of our platform here for a minute and say that today for people that are listening, and this this affects all of you, today the vote for net neutrality happened, and it got shut down. So make sure you get out there, make your voices heard. This That could affect our podcast in the future and your ability to listen to our podcast in the future. So if you like what you hear here at Texas Soccer Radio, uh, make sure you get in touch with your, council, or your congress members um, for your district and your area uh, to make sure that they know that you support net neutrality. Yeah, and unfortunately, Ted Cruz is uh, praising the move today, so I don't expect much sympathy Ugh. out of him. But uh, not to get super political here, but you know, if you're listening to a podcast, if you're watching a Periscope stream, then you probably use the internet in a more complex way than most people. 
And uh, that has the potential to cost you extra money in the future. And it, you know, if this podcast costs us more money to produce in the future and it costs you money to watch it or listen to it in the future, it's just not going to happen. And that would probably be for the best if we're being honest, but there are quality podcasts (laughs) out there that deserve to be able to be listened to. And that's uh, right. You know, we're not in this to make money, but uh, we also can't be losing a ton of money either. So right. um, it's it's not done. It does have to go through Congress. So, you know, call your Congress people and, uh, you know, hopefully it all works out. Yeah, hopefully that's it. Sorry to get on the political soapbox there for a minute, but it's important to us. It's probably important to all of you. So just make sure you're doing something. Do you want to talk about how uh, Judge Nelson Wolf and S.S. and E. don't talk while we're talking about politics? Or, <laughs> we, we, we covered that, right? I mean, maybe next week we'll get some more opposing statements and we'll have some new stuff to talk about in that regard. Music, as always, is provided by Mission Complete. You can check out the album Emotionally Strong Enough to Be Your Man on Spotify and pretty much anywhere else music is available digitally. You can follow us on Twitter and on social media. The uh, show's Twitter handle is at TX Soccer Radio. Uh, Again, that's at TX Soccer Radio. The show technically does not have anything to do with 210 Soccer. Um, It's not pitch black anymore. We did separate the site from the show uh, just to make things a little more clear, um, which made things more confusing, of course. Absolutely. Solid plan there, Mankey. Um, You can follow us on Twitter on our personal accounts at LarryLeathers87, all together, and then at Kyle underscore Mankey. Reminder, you can watch the Periscope stream every Thursday night at 10 p.m., I do believe we'll be here next week. I don't think Christmas falls in that next weird week. period. No. Yeah. Next week's the 21st. We should be clear. Yeah, we should be should be good to go for next Thursday. So hopefully we will see you then. Thank you so, so much for listening. Um, if you want to help support the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or however you listen to this podcast. Um, it's free. It, it only takes a second. Um, and we really appreciate it. Um, so anyway until next week thank you so much for listening we will catch you later